Hello and welcome everyone to our next episode of Help and Trade podcast, where we give space to entrepreneurs and their startups. My today's guest is Hannah. Hannah will introduce herself, of course, as it's usual on our podcast. Uh, but it's important to say that Hannah is here to introduce to you, dear audience, the ideas behind personal branding, the importance of it, the connection to LinkedIn, and we'll explore further down the road what else is Hannah here to share with you. So, Hannah, without further ado, please introduce yourself. The stage is yours. Thanks. So, I'm Hannah Grace Fraser, and I help business owners and executives get more active on social media and become the go-to expert in their field. Are we talking about the broad variety of social media that we have nowadays, or are we talking about specific few? Well, broadly, social media. Um, a lot of it's about how you position yourself and then how you apply it on whatever platform you're on. But as you mentioned, I've started specializing a lot more in LinkedIn because that's where I see still a big untapped resource that a lot of business owners and executives aren't really using to its full potential yet. Yeah, because for example, in my understanding, me personally, Facebook is strictly private for me, only friends and that's it. Whereas LinkedIn, that's really the, the professional world for me. This is where I am trying to reach out to other people, connect with them, network with them, etc. So I can totally follow up with, with the, the specifics that you are focusing on LinkedIn only and it makes sense to me. So let's begin with the branding first. Why is it important? What is it actually? And what are the benefits if you do it right? So personal branding is more about who you're buying into rather than what you're buying into. It's about getting to know the person behind the brand, both in terms of their personality, so what gives you that connection to them, what appeals to you about them. But on the other hand, it's understanding their expertise and why they're the best person to help deliver this service or this product to you. So in the wider world, we know a few of these. You've got your Richard Bransons and Elon Musks, who are known for their big personalities and their points of view, even more than the businesses that they run. And so people buy into them and buy into their ideas. And by doing so, they become liked, trusted and recognized. And that's really where small business owners or anyone who's the face of a brand, they can get those benefits too. And that's why LinkedIn is different to Facebook and Instagram, because a lot, obviously a lot of businesses are on those as businesses. But LinkedIn is more about the individual still. Individual, executive, personal brand of, a, of an entrepreneur, etc. All these can be pushed via LinkedIn. Yeah, definitely. So how does one start? Well, there's a lot of ways to start thinking about what your personal brand is. Um, but first of all, your personal brand isn't everything about your personality. So people are a little bit scared about their personal brand and sharing it with the world. But that doesn't mean that you're sharing everything about you. Maybe you've got like a really weird sense of humor. <laughs> if it's not really relevant to what you're doing with your business, it doesn't necessarily need to be part of your personal brand. Your personal brand is more coming to terms with what do you stand for? What are your values? And also in your business and in your service, what do you bring to the table that makes you different? Because there'll be a lot of other people trying to sell what you're sell or telling a story that you're telling. So how you'll stand out is by showing what your unique journey has been to get you to this point. I read this very nice quote while I was researching the topic mm. of branding, uh, actually done by Jeff Bezos. And he said, personal branding is everything that people tell behind your back while not in the room. 
All right, I'm misquoting probably, <laughs> uh, at least partially. But that's that's the idea that I understand behind personal branding. Exactly. Now, in regards to the social media, that means you also have to be careful what you actually put out there. As you said, it's not that you put everything about you. Maybe your sense of humor is not the most welcome one. Uh, that just so may happen. So how do you filter that out? Well, I think what's important about that quote, and I actually use it a lot because it is a great example, is that whether or not you purposefully work on your personal brand, you already have one. And basically, your personal brand is the impression you're giving people. And so for a lot of people, especially small business owners, I find, in person, they're super passionate, they've got this amazing story, and what makes them perfect for some customers really comes across. But then you take that online, and maybe their website's quite generic, or they're not really active on any social media platform, and they either just blend into the background, or they're giving off a different kind of message about who they are and what they stand for. So it's really about like marrying the real life you with the online impression that you're giving everybody as to your personal brand. Now, the critical question, of course, is because you're an expert on personal branding. Now, how do you work with the client to filter things out which are a no-go for social media or that actually are valuable? And I, I can totally imagine that if we started to work together, that you would tell me like, you know what, Stefan, uh, this specific thing that is lying around is actually what makes you different to others. Now, how do you pick that out? Yeah, so I think you've hit the nail on the head in a way there because a lot of the time it really helps to go through this process with somebody else because a lot of the time you don't notice yourself some of the things that are your key strengths or what makes you a bit different. But um, there are kind of exercises you can go through to help starting to get to the bottom of this. And one of the things that you can do is really take a good five minutes, which turns out to be quite a long time, to really brainstorm everything about yourself. And this is not thinking about it through the lens of social media or whatever. This is just everything. Business, personality, your story, your experience. And then afterwards, we go back and reflect on it and start saying, okay, what's relevant to your business? So what? where are the links here? And then there are certain generic things which people think should be part of their personal brand, but really are just a given. So for example, hardworking. If I want to work with you, I want to assume you're hardworking. I want to assume you're reliable. That doesn't really make you like stand out for something different, but maybe you grew up in, in unusual circumstances that gave you a completely different worldview. And for whatever reason, I think, wow, that, that makes you a bit different. That gives you a different point of view and a different attitude. And that's the sort of thing that's useful to keep in there. And at the end of the exercise, you start to narrow down and find these values and these personality traits that really um, form something special and different. Right now, I understand there is a pre-filtering that happens. Now, how do you execute upon those qualities that you identified are worthwhile pursuing or putting out there on a social media as this is where you make the difference. This is what makes you stand out. What is then the next step after you identify that? Yes, actually you, dear executive ABC, you are different than anybody else. And, and you know, this is worthwhile for you to present. Now, what is the next step? Well, the next step is how you communicate that. Your LinkedIn profile, for example, can be a very generic place. Um, and most people who aren't really using it to its full effect, it remains quite generic. But there's a lot of opportunity there to 
bring your story to life and to have these key messages that come across. So once you become clear on what these key messages about you are, you can start weaving them into lots of different places across your profile to start building up that strong narrative about who you are and what you represent. So just things as simple as your headline or your about section or the content that you're putting out there. Once you're clear on what those things are, you just make sure that every piece of content that you're creating somehow links back to one of those things so that you're being consistent and you're staying on brand. That, okay, that means now it's up to me to actually post regularly, I assume. But that's not going to be enough. Because if you have no audience who's going to actually find anything about you, I mean, how do you then stand out out of complete emptiness, essentially? Because that's, that's the spot where you begin when you first log into the social media. You have nobody, nowhere. You can try upload your network, of course, but you essentially start in the complete abyss of emptiness. Now, how do you start raising up and that there is going to be some interaction? Yeah, so I think that's a really important point. I think you can have your personal brand down and you can know exactly why your business is great and what you want to share. But a lot of the legwork comes in in building up that network. So it's not going to happen overnight for anybody. But um, just putting out content alone isn't going to be enough, as you've said. So one part of this is really starting to identify who your target audience is. It's one of those things that everybody knows they should do. But in reality, actually doing it is another matter and a lot of people aren't really doing that. So there's working out who your ideal customer is and sort of building out where they're going to be, who they might look like and starting to actually seek them out on LinkedIn. Look at who else they're following. Look at what sort of content they're engaging with. And the other side is reaching out to other people in your area. So in your industry, because if you can interact with other people in your industry and share ideas and write comments on what they're posting. Other people will be able to see your comments and see what you're contributing. And what's great about LinkedIn, <laughs> coming back to LinkedIn again, is if you comment on somebody else's post, their connections and their second degree connections will see your content. So you're reaching out to whole new audiences just through interacting with other people. Now, me personally, I am not really a person that likes to share content. As I said, Facebook, private. I really don't like to do it and yet I have to do it for help and trade. And uh, I think it's quite also self-damaging because I think there is a huge potential which I could be using with uh, Facebook to reaching out to people, trying to get the likes, you know, trying to get the brand engagement going. But because I have such an awareness of personally, I do not want to share something on Facebook and yet I have to do it. That message is then so dry And I'm like, is it even worthwhile to do so on a Facebook? Whereas LinkedIn feels more comfortable because it's professional message anyway. So it feels like this is the right environment to, to post something like that. I feel more comfortable with it. But then again, the question is, how do you do that? Because it starts to be like, how, where do I put what kind of message that is still inclined with who I am, but also represents the mission of, for example, in my case, help and trade, what I'm trying to achieve with it. It seems like I actually am struggling to find the balance. Okay. How do you go with that? Yeah, so I think we almost skipped a step earlier on when we were talking because first of all, there's the part of your personal brand, which is what you're bringing that's unique, what your voice is, your personality. But a key part of your personal brand is also what do you want to be seen as an expert in? What is your expertise and what is your niche? And this is fundamental because the more niche you are 
in general in business, as we know, that really helps you in terms of your target audience and everything else. But you can also really establish yourself as an expert in a niche. And so what you start posting then is really around this topic. So yes, you want to be posting regularly and interacting with other people on this topic. But what most people still say to me is that they just don't know what to post or they don't feel like they have anything to say or like you, they're just that bit nervous to maybe comment on something, what they're going to look like, are people going to judge them? So actually, it's not whether or not you have this expertise because you do because you're running a business so you already know a lot more about something than a lot of other people in that area will know um, and your target audience. It's more about how do you get going posting and having confidence in what you're doing. So there's a couple of sides to this. One part is like your content strategy. So it's coming up with lots of topics where you have, you know, LinkedIn posts are like little micro blogs. You don't need to have like a fully realized dissertation every time you're posting. It's little insights, it's little tips, it's things that you want to share from other articles. It's bringing that together and then it's just getting yourself into that point where you can be maybe confident enough to post once a week build up to twice a week. And actually, one of the key ways I think it's to start is with the comments. So rather than even if posting seems like a step too far so far, if you start commenting on people's content that's relevant in your industry, you can start by, I mean, just saying thanks or nice article doesn't really do you any favors because it doesn't show your expertise. But if you could say, oh, I really agree with the point you made about this because I've experienced this, or, oh, I would add this tip as well, because I found da, 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 da. So you don't have to go and commit to really challenging someone or opening up a big debate, but you can start to sprinkle little bits of expertise and show what you're about and just build up your confidence, really. And like you said before, actually, LinkedIn is overwhelmingly a very positive place to be posting. People aren't really going to start calling people out or picking fights. And you can be very safe. You don't have to get political or too controversial with what you're posting, especially to begin with when you're building up your confidence. Yeah, I find also that the level of conversation is a bit different. Okay, maybe over-exaggerated because everybody's trying to be an expert in a sense. And so everybody also also trying to pretend that, uh, I wouldn't say that they ate all the knowledge of the world. It's not the right expression, but my impression sometimes is that people on LinkedIn really want to present themselves in the best light possible. And so they will not risk anything that is anyhow damaging to their mm -hmm. reputation or uh, anyhow damaging their own knowledge, which they present before or the company they represent. And so they are very careful not to be negative. Where I, I see it and I was like, well, that's good on one hand, because uh, if you're an opportunistic person, you can use it to your advantage. Essentially, you can post about anything and you're just going to get likes and shares anyway. No critics there. But on the other hand, there is then little negative feedback, which actually brings it the furthest. And that's, that's where I'm struggling again with, hmm, how do I do this right? I think that's an interesting point. And you're right. I think a lot of people, especially to begin with, stay quite safe. And I mean, people aren't necessarily negative, but there are, you can find people who are challenging each other's ideas and opening up debates. But again, part of that is building your network to finding those people who are a bit more active on LinkedIn and having those discussions. Because sometimes our natural LinkedIn network of just our friends and colleagues, no one's really doing that. So partially, you've got to start find, seeking out those people to get to the more maybe interesting debates. But also in terms, it comes back to that personal branding again. Some of the really successful people on places like LinkedIn or in general who have a personal brand. But in LinkedIn, in especially we're seeing the people who show a bit of vulnerability actually get a lot more engagement. So you're right. People 
often want to do a really polished, perfect version of themselves. And because LinkedIn essentially used to be a place for CVs, your CV online, people still maybe think of it that way. But a lot of the people who are doing really well are sharing stories of failures, whether they were in the past and what they learned from it, or things happening right now that they're feeling really vulnerable about. And they're the people who are really, again, appealing to other people because you're seeing an authentic person. You're feeling like they're not just there to sell product or themselves. They're there for where the real opportunity in LinkedIn is to make connections with people, to learn, to educate from their own experiences. And so if you can tap into that group on LinkedIn, you get quite a lot of rich content going on. Let's say Elon Musk, he's not managing his own LinkedIn profile. No. I very much doubt that. Uh, so actually, there is also like personal pages of the people that you can follow up. You can then go through the website, etc. When is the right time to actually do that kind of a change where you say, all right, I am, I am done with establishing my personal brand. Now I can actually leave it out to someone else to take care of it. Is it even a good advice to, to start? And when, then from which point on? Well, that's a very good question, but I think probably there isn't an exact answer because it will really depend. But yes, certainly once people start becoming really well-known, and this might even just be well-known in, the, in their niche, but at the point where they've got a team who are running the website for them, yeah, they'll start outsourcing stuff. And even some of my clients, I'm helping, so we'll do a lot on their personal brands and learn, you know, get to grips with everything that they're an expert on and their points of view and then help them create the content around that because they simply don't have the time a lot of the time if they're CEO of a big company. So often it's more to do with the time element, whereas, and again, resources. <laughs> do you have the resources to be paying people to be creating this content for you? But more often than not, especially when you get going, a lot of what I suggest and what I do is coaching people to create the content themselves because establishing that consistent voice and your expertise and your authenticity. It's hard for someone else to do that for you, really, um, especially if you're in quite an unusual niche. So a lot of the time, it's about getting people confident enough to start doing it for themselves. Now, how does this relate, for example, to startups themselves? Because uh, one thing is your personal branding, but it has a lot of influence on what you're actually doing behind that. As we said on the example of Elon Musk or Richard Branson, mm -hmm. you, you know the personality probably better than the company itself, but the company is benefiting hugely from the person that is in front of it. And so how does that imply, for example, when you're trying to establish a company or a startup? Is there a good strategy or some no-goes which you should definitely not do when, when you're trying to build something? Yeah, I mean, it depends in terms of like what your end goals are and your objectives because obviously like you said if you're going to be the face of your business and it's a start and you, you know it's a big business then yeah you're kind of tying a lot of your own personality to the business for the long term there but it might be more that the brand has this very strong brand of its own but the founder also has a presence online and they don't have to necessarily be one or the other so a lot of the time, one of my clients is also at the point where the business is at a certain size, but this person as the founder it has a lot to offer and a lot to say as a thought leader. And that just hasn't really been explored yet. So we're coming to that now rather than necessarily right at the beginning, the whole business being built around that person. So it can be done that way, or it can be seen as something advantageous to add later. For example, for getting investment, a lot of the time an investor can buy into the vision of a founder and buy into 
this individual as driving the whole business. So it can be a really useful component for that. So I know a couple of people also in the entrepreneurship where when you meet them first, you think, what a personality, what a charismatic person it is. And yet you cannot find any trace of them online. Yeah, it's such a shame. This is a question like... I, when I'm thinking of myself, like, who do I actually want to be online? Do I want to be the, the, the quiet person that is pulling the strings and is just the company is the one which is facing everything? Or the other way around is probably easier that I am going to be the icebreaker for the company. I'll make myself the name and the company follows essentially in the footsteps. Take rips the benefits essentially. And, and I just do not know. So it's, that's why I'm very happy to talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can give me some insights on, on that aspect. So I think it's, a, it's an extremely interesting thing. And I think personal branding also will increase only on importance. What do you think is, is going to be the next big thing in, in personal branding? Or what is the outlook for the future? I think with where it's going in the future is, as you said, I think at the moment, not enough people are doing it. That's for sure. And so maybe once it becomes a little bit more established, we'll start seeing the new ways for people to start sharing their personal brands. And one of those ways that we're seeing before our eyes is video. So already this is becoming much more quick and effective way to share your personal brands than necessarily through blogs or even posts. So people who before never would have thought, never would have wanted to do videos are now moving on there because it's becoming one of the key places to communicate and show your personal brand in a matter of seconds. Much like podcasts have opened this whole new place for people to share and connect with people video you've got that extra element of being able to see someone and see how they respond and react and yeah so video is only going to grow and there are already personal brand specialists who are specifically personal branding through video i can totally relate to that because uh, for example some podcasts which i follow they first started as audio pure and now they shifted completely to youtube Now, the interesting thing will be, for example, Joe Rogan. I'm not sure if you know the guy who's the biggest name in the podcasting industry. Well, he signed the contract with uh, Spotify, for example, and he will move to Spotify exclusively, which is great because the Spotify brand actually increased its value of a five billion just because of this contract from one day to another within 24 hours. That shows you how, how much of a power actually personal brand does, not only to yourself, but how you can actually really accumulate value with that wealth, essentially. Uh, and therefore also was my question, like, what do you think is going to be the future? Because there is a lot of YouTubers out there who have a personal brands in the values of millions. And now with, for example, this, this move of Joe Rogan to Spotify exclusively, it is black on white what is actual value of a content creator. And I am now thinking, considering myself, look, is this what I'm doing actually also building my own brand? I'm trying to do it for help and trade. I mean, the podcasting is essentially for help and trade for the audience, which is around that. But on the other hand is then, then am I now a content creator? Does this make me a content creator? <laughs> do I have to care about my personal brand now? Well, as I said, your personal brand will be building itself, whether you are caring about it or not. But um, you as a founder of an individual company is one thing, but all those other things that you're doing, maybe you have more than one business, maybe you also have a podcast, that's now in the realm of your personal brand because it's showing us what you're interested in. It's showing us what you value. We get to know you, your personality and how you relate to people and what you find interesting and so yeah not to scare you but everyone's probably painted a picture just from listening to the podcast and getting to know you that way and um, one of the ways that's quite useful when you want to find out 
or understand what your personal brand is right now is to ask people. So maybe just trusted friends and family to begin with. But sometimes people are surprised because I ask clients to do this before we do our personal branding session. Just ask some friends and family to give three phrases or words to describe you. And a lot of the time it's quite consistent. And um, a lot of the time people are surprised by some of the things in there. And that can be a way of saying, right, okay, well, I don't want that to be <laughs> necessarily what everyone associates with me. And of course, it's friends and family, so it's slightly different. But we can also do that through like an audit of what your social media and what your online persona is saying about you right now. And you get that chance to maybe tweak something if you think something's coming across not quite authentically to who you are in real life. Fascinating. Now, this question might be a bit completely out of the scope of this, but it's just really my curiosity now attacking my brain and I have to ask this. So um, feel free not to ask if you find the question stupid. There is a lot of personality tests out there. In regards to building your personal brand, are they helpful or are they actually hindering? I mean, of course it depends how you use it, but there is so many different personality tests. And I'm questioning like, for example, I did one which I really like what it, what it wrote. I was like, wow, this would be awesome if other people could see this. Am I supposed to now share it online? It's amazing that you've said that, actually, because in my about section on my website, I include something about one of my personality tests that I've done. I'm a sucker for those. I like them because I think anything, when you're doing personal brand exercises, you're being, you have to be self-reflective and you have to build up some self-awareness. And that can be kind of confronting for some people. More than one client has said that it's been a bit like therapy. <laughs> Because you have to maybe look at yourself in a way that you haven't done before. And I always just see those personality tests and it's just like a horoscope or a tarot card. It's a, a vehicle for you to see how much you think that lines up with yourself. And actually, maybe there's some uncomfortable truths in there um, that you don't necessarily want to recognize, but you see as possibly true. So yeah, I used, there's the Myers-Briggs one. That's a great one. And that's one where so many, I did it with a company I was with ages ago, but lots of family and friends have done it as well. And it's surprisingly accurate sometimes. And they come up with these, they've got like nine personas that they put you in. Maybe it's more than nine. I'll have to check that. But mine was the campaigner. And the description of it is just so, there's so much of it that is so like me. Like if I get behind an idea... I become like a huge advocate for it. And um, so that little, you know, maybe that little section I included in the About Me because I even put the profile, the, the special code that I got in it because other people know each other's. If you've done the thing, it becomes like this, you get a bit more awareness of what each other is doing. And so I included it because I think it's a bit of fun, but it gave me a really good way to describe something that I know is true about me in a catchy little phrase. And so I think if you see something that really sums you up quite nicely and that others would agree. Yeah, I think ref reference it. Why not? Very interesting. <laughs> I, I, I like the idea, especially because it's just a, it's already content. You can just share it over like, hey, you want to know who I am? Well, there you go. There you got five character traits which specifically describe me in the perfect way. Well, like you said, the, the downside is they, always, they also share your weaknesses. <laughs> so you have to be willing to be open enough to do that. But yeah, I think that's good in a way. I think if that's fine and there are things that you can say, yeah, they are. These are the ways I work on those things or these are things I'm just aware of. That's all part of it, isn't it? Definitely. I would just really like raise a finger of warning uh, because I know that certain personality tests are used by companies to gather data. So be careful where you do it, of course. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's true. Definitely be careful which tests you do, etc. Check the privacy. But 
for personal branding, awesome. <laughs> I like it. Good idea. Hannah, tell me, is there anything you'd like to share by our podcast? Because we are actually, yeah, about half an hour now. Well, I guess I would just want to share that I think everybody has something that is useful that they can share with people and they might not think they do, but they do. And so it's about having that confidence just to get going and get trying and just really focus on sharing stuff that is going to be useful to other people. And if you do that, by doing that, you're showing your expertise and people will trust you remember you and come to you when the time's right for whatever they need. So it's not something to be afraid of and it's a real opportunity that I think people should really consider. Really great. Anna, thank you very much for being on a podcast. Now, please, before this is over, share your contact details. Where can people reach out to you? Yeah, great. Well, surprise, surprise, LinkedIn is my main <laughs> social media platform and I'll also share my website, but it's just my name, hannagracefraser.com. Anna Grace Fraser. Yeah. Great. Any other social media channels? You're... No, I have this theory that I think um, you should put at least 90% of your time into one main platform. And so I'm going to embark on Instagram any day now. But at the moment, it's been, mainly been LinkedIn. So find me there. Anna, thank you very much for being the guest on, on our podcast. You were wonderful. And all the knowledge you shared, definitely worthwhile to listen to. And to our dear audience, thank you very much for, for being there with us, uh, listening to the podcast. Of course, share your ideas and thoughts with us on social media. You can reach out to us on Facebook, Help and Trade, just as well as on Twitter, by now also Instagram. We also have Pinterest page. I never use that, but we essentially have it. And LinkedIn, of course, as well. You will always find Help and Trade there. Don't forget to share your thoughts, as I said, and I encourage you to, to also connect with Hannah. So if you need help establishing your brand, Hannah is a person to go to. Thank you for having me. And with that, thank you very much. And uh, yeah, I hope to reach out to you soon again. Thank you.